Welcome to the first official episode of Abby Shaddies, where we talk about topics that affect you, the students in the school system. I'm your host, Abby, a freshman at FPC. I'm joined by my co-host, Arwen Fry, also a freshman at FPC, and Mr. Renew, a teacher at FPC. Our topic today is mental health, which is a good topic to start off with, considering the fact that we did our mental health videos today. Um, so we have three topics to go through, and it's standardized testing, so how standardized testing affects your mental health. Um, what help is there for students that do have mental health problems and how teachers and adults in general can be aware for students with mental health problems. <clears throat> so I personally think that there's like a lot of older teachers here that are kind of stuck in this mindset of the fact that we're too young to have problems and we're too young to understand what it's like to have problems or to have issues with our mental health. And I think that that's something that like we, that needs to be worked on in the school system, and that teachers need to kind of understand too and come to grasp with that no, we're not too young, that we do have problems with our mental health, and that we just do have problems in general. There's also a lot of people that are pushing for children to talk about their mental health and mental awareness and stuff, but then the moment that these children begin to speak out about their problems, it's either not taken as seriously as it should be, or it's considered, um, like, not real. Like, their problems aren't valid, which makes them not want to talk about it. So we are causing these people to not get the help that they need because they're either pushed out or treated unfairly. I think Arwen made a really good point there um, with with the idea that... that for a long time, students have been <clears throat> being asked to open up, like not hold on to their things. You've been hearing like for decades now, honestly, um, movements for like, it's okay for boys to cry. It's okay to show your emotion. It's okay to talk about things. And, and I feel like from my perspective, this generation that's coming up is the first generation that's really actively doing that. Um, but then they're basically being told to shut up. They're basically being told like not to not to share those um, once they've finally been uh, comfortable doing that. So that's definitely a problem. I think that works in with like people being aware because like they're aware of the fact that there's kids with problems, but they don't actually like consider it or actually think about it. Like they know it's there, they're not delving into the issue enough though. Sure, sure. And Abby, I think you made a good point earlier on too when you you talked about like older teachers that basically have forgotten what it's like to be a kid um, and forgotten that, that regardless of how you look back and view kids' problems, that to them, those are problems. They're real problems. Um, I'm, I'm going to basically like paraphrase a, a Harry Potter quote here because I'm an English teacher, but um, Dumbledore says something to Harry in one of the books of, of it's a, basically a crime if old people look back and forget what it's like to be a kid. Um, you can't blame kids for not understanding adults because they've never been adults, but every adult was once a kid, so it's kind of on us to not forget what that's like to go through those things. Um, yeah, I think, like, as I said, like, this is the older teachers that, like, with these mental health videos, a lot of the teachers aren't understanding that we, like, we're going to watch these videos and some of us are going to be personally affected by them and that we're going to need, like, some time to like process the videos and then there's like certain teachers that I know that are like well yeah you just watch these videos but now it's time to get to work even though you are 
like hurt and you are dealing with these emotions that you're going through because of these videos. Another thing is I just don't think these videos are really doing that much to help because they're just, they're putting out, okay, yes, there's kids who have problems with drinking alcohol and have problems with drugs and that have problems with mental health, but you're just sitting there and watching videos. Like, they're not genuinely giving you advice or understanding where you're coming from. They're just sitting there and doing very baseline things, not very, okay, well, if this person has this problem, that doesn't mean that everyone has this problem. Yeah, and what you were saying about, um the teachers being aware of the problems and stuff that these kids are facing, it's hard for them to know what exactly, like, they can say to these kids because they're not their parents. So, yeah, it is very, like, important for a child to have someone that they can trust, but how far can these adults that aren't their parents go regarding what they say and how they say it? Yeah, that's tricky. There's a couple things there. Um Arwen, that you bring up, like, like one, kids have to understand that, that we're all mandatory reporters. So there is kind of that, that barrier that always exists that if you tell us something in, the, in regards of, like, somebody's in danger, somebody's hurting themselves, um, suicidal thoughts, any, any kind of those things, like, we have a legal obligation to, um, to report that. Um, at the risk of like losing our licensing, jail time, all kinds of other things. So, so there is a side of it too that like there is a little bit of a barrier there of like when you approach a teacher, um, and, and for us like what can we say to you? What can we do for you? That that if we hear certain trigger words or whatever, like we're going to have to like take certain action. Um, that definitely doesn't mean not to do it, but it's just also something that everybody has to understand. Um, which I think comes into like what help is there for students like okay we get that we can come to you and we can talk to you and that you have to report it but then what help is there for us like once it's reported and then you know once certain people know about it like what help is there for us so i mean i think sometimes that that needs to be done like the reporting of those things like it needs to happen um to get to get the help that that people need i think sometimes students don't know what they need um, I think sometimes I, I've run into situations where, uh, for whatever reason, a student's um, parents or caregivers are not giving them the help that they need. Um, and so there's like cries for help at home, but those people either are not equipped to handle it or they just um, are ignorant to it or, or whatever the situation may be. Um, and so sometimes that might be a good thing to, to tell a mandatory reporter knowing that it is going to have to get reported. Um, and that that will, even though it can be a scary kind of slope, you, I mean, sometimes depending on the issue, you're talking about people getting Baker Acted, those kind of things, which are terrifying for sure. But it's also kickstarting the process of getting like real professional help. Because um, there are a lot of things that students can come to a teacher with that immediately we're out of our depth. Um, you know, it's kind of a, above our pay scale, so to speak, where we don't we don't know how to handle it either. You know, we're we're adults, but. You know, we don't have the answers for a lot of these these issues either. I think this also works into like kids not knowing, like or not understanding the fact that teachers aren't going to be able to do everything. That we're going to eventually have to talk to somebody else. Like it's not going to be that same teacher all the time because, as you said, like you guys only know so much that you can do to help, and then mm -hmm. after that, it's kind of like beyond what you can do. So kids, like there's some kids that just won't be able to understand that. And it's hard because like once you've found that person that you trust and you want to talk to them and only them, like it gets to the point where you're like, okay, I don't want to talk to somebody else. I only want to talk to this teacher or this, like this adult in this life that I trust. And mm -hmm. then they, they like 
give you to like another counselor or they like give you someone for professional help and then you like kind of shut back like you don't yeah. want to talk about it so something else in there too and if if you're in that situation if you find yourself there um most of the time you can request to have a trusted adult in there with you um, so I've run into a few situations where somebody um, has to talk to a guidance counselor, they get pulled in, and uh, they might request um, for, for me or for another teacher to be in there, um, and that's totally okay, and we, we can get some coverage for our class and go down there if, if you do have somebody that you trust, and that way you have that, that kind of anchor that's there for you um, while you're having that conversation. So you are talking to a professional, um, you know, somebody who, who can kickstart the process in, in a lot of different ways and get you help, but you can also still have that person there with you that is, uh, you know, that's an anchor for you. Um, and then just like kind of like a mainstream question that I keep getting is like how standardized testings like have effect on our mental health. So it's not only like, yes, we have our problems at home, we have our problems at school that affect us, but then it's also the fact that like there's tests that we have to take that are stressing us out. And then it also works in with the videos that we're watching that also stretches stresses us out quite a bit is to watch sit down in these classes with kids that we might not really like and then have to watch these videos or take tests that will really have an impact on our mental health well it's important before you're taking these tests to be aware of like where your head is at um i'm not saying like oh like you're upset so you can't take the test i'm just saying like you need to be able to be aware of where you are so that when you're going into the tests you know where you're at and what you think you can do and you need to make sure that you're staying as positive as you can because um, going into it with a negative mindset isn't going to help you do well on the test. Tests definitely stress me out. Like I hate taking tests, but you have to take them. So uh, it's better to go in with a positive mindset than a negative mindset. Here's the thing. I think are, are these tests important? To a certain degree, some of them sure. Um, you know, you, you need to pass the bio EOC or the algebra EOC to, to you know it's a graduation requirement. If you want to go to college, you need to get decent SAT scores. So all of that I get are are stressors. I think one thing that students need to keep in mind is that you are not your test scores, um, and everybody in high school is four years away from those test scores never mattering again. Um, Nobody in your adult life is going to ask you what you got on the SAT. Nobody's going to ask how many times it took you to pass the FSA. Um, nobody cares. Um, I don't know a single person that is a professional test taker in their life. It's it's not a marketable job skill. It, it really doesn't matter at the end of the day. So so you know do your best on them. But yeah, try not to get wrapped up where you know if I don't do well on this test, it means I'm dumb. If I can't pass this, it means I'm a failure. I think that's the stuff that becomes damaging. Is is don't get don't get too wrapped up in it because at the end of the day, you know, you're, you're, you're never more than four years away from it not mattering. I think that's exactly what's giving these kids that stress is the fact that, like, they're like, okay, well, this test, like, it scores how smart I am or how, like, how much I know of this subject. And that's what, like, I think that's what's stressing them out is, like, okay, well, once I get this, get this test back, that's how smart I am in this mm -hmm. subject, and that's it. They feel like their self-worth is somehow tied up in that, in that test. Yeah. That can also be a bit of a problem because um, a lot of students' parents want them to do certain, like, levels of whatever. You want to, like, achieve something for them, but you're not achieving stuff for yourself, mm -hmm. which is more important than pleasing your parents. It's important to make sure that you're happy with yourself before you're happy for anybody else. Very good point. And I, and I think... Again, like, should you try hard on these tests? Yes, absolutely, because I always do it in a in a sense. I talk to the students in a sense of like, 
this is these are the tests that are going to help open up more doors for you. you know, the better you do on the SAT, the more colleges you can get into, the more scholarships you can get. Um, but but look at it just like that. It is a it is a tool um, to help you get somewhere. Um, and so it's just you know trying your best, studying, working hard on it, but also being able to separate that that idea of self worth or or true intelligence being tied up in those scores. I th I think it works in the like like Arwen mentioned like having parents that like they want you to do this good and that when you don't do this good you feel almost like a bad person. Having a, both of my parents being Indian, like that's something I deal with on a constant basis. And it's if I don't get A's and B's, I feel like I'm a terrible person. Like I feel like okay, well I'm not up to par with what my parents want. I'm not up to par with myself, and that's not true because I know I try my hardest on my top, like on subjects that I'm doing and tests that I'm taking and such. And then I go home and I'm t like telling my parents, like I think I did so good on this test. Like, okay, well, what'd you get? And I'm like, oh, I got like a 78 or a 79 or an 80 or whatever I got on that test. And I know that I did my best, but when I tell them, they use some like downgrading certain things, like oh, you could have done so much better or that's not what we wanted kind of thing. And then that hurts because you're like okay, well, I'm not good enough for them, so I think this test kind of proves that I'm just not good enough, period. Yeah, so that's that can have a big toll on mental health, like the parent interaction and being a disappointment, and you're not really a disappointment. It sticks with you, and it causes a lot more... It can lead to a lot more problems than you think, so it's important to be happy with yourself and not focus on what other people want from you goes into being aware because parents now they're like they're aware as i said like pe adults are aware of the fact that we have our issues and that we have mental problems but they aren't delving into it and they don't understand that certain words are triggers and certain topics of conversations are triggers and so then like pressuring us into certain things and telling us certain words and such like that's really what triggers certain things that are happening so our home our, our home life is really is something that's affecting us a lot whether it be throughout our schoolwork, our like friendships, our relationships, whatever, our home life is kind of where it all starts for the, for what I think. Yeah, so I, I think there's from an adult perspective, there's there's again you hear a lot of like this generation needs to toughen up, this generation is is needy or whatever. You hear you hear a lot of that kind of stuff, and and I and I think some adults, parents, teachers, whoever look at this kind of an issue of like it's our job to prepare you for the real world, and it is, and the real world is, is mean and it's tough, which it is, um, and so we need to, like, toughen you guys up, and, and I don't disagree with that, but I think there's also, like, you can't just tell people to toughen up, that's not, go. you need to teach people how to cope, you need to, if you want people to be tough, then you need to, exactly what you were saying, Abby, you need to dive into those issues and kind of get your hands dirty and, and get into the like nitty gritty of that and, and deal with those and help, help, help students find coping mechanisms, help them toughen up, help them understand those emotions, like help them through those things um, so that they have the skills to deal with some of the other things that life is going to throw at them as they grow up. Another thing about that is like we're saying how like there's some, like there's definitely parents who like do really get into the issue and they're like, okay, I know my kid has their problems. I know that there's certain things I can and cannot say. But then there's the parents that are so, like, in their own mindset that I've personally heard a couple of my guy friends tell me I can't cry because my dad has always taught me that guys don't cry. 
So mm -hmm. there's also the parents that are like, okay, well, you know, this is how you're supposed to be. Like, girls have the emotions, guys don't. Guys are supposed to be the tough ones with no emotions. Girls are, like, the little girls, basically, who have, like, their emotions and can show their emotions. So then there's the problem that, like, there's guys who are bottling up their emotions and aren't saying anything, which causes even more mental health problems in their case because they're not talking about it because they're scared to. Yeah, it's, um... It's very hard to talk to adults, I think, because of the generational gaps. Um, their mindset is stuck with how like, they were raised and how they grew up. So they, I think, they tend to like teach how they were taught. So that can make it seem a lot worse than they mean to seem. Yeah, I think every generation looks back with like rose-colored glasses we always tend to look back. I mean, you hear people talk about the good old days. Like, that's, like, that old, you know, the, the boomer slang, whatever. Um, like, you know, looking back at how things used to be and how good it was. And, and But if you really look back and you really dive into it, like, were, were things really that great? Did people really treat their elders with respect 20 years ago? No. Um, you know, were, were kids not drinking and doing drugs 20 years ago? No, of course they were. Like, all of those things are there. And it's, it's again, I think it's on us to as adults to to be realistic when we look back at those things like do we want kids to grow up a certain way and act a certain way like sure um, but we've also got to be careful of not like painting our own past as something of like you know we were perfect kids and people respected each other and did all we, we've got to be realistic about that when we look back at that um you know and then and then apply that appropriately and even if it if they're like your parents are stating that they had a bad childhood, it's also not good when people, like your adults, pin that on you, like, oh, well, when I was a kid, I had this, and it was worse than what you do. Because mm -hmm. then that makes you feel like you're entitled, almost. Like, you're like, oh, well, you know, I've got such a good life, per se, but your life is mm -hmm. kind of trash, and your parents are like, well, my life was worse, and so then yeah, you're like, well, so like, I feel yeah. like a bad person. Their mental state doesn't define how your mental state is. Like, what they dealt with when they were a kid might be different than what you're dealing with, but that doesn't make your problems any less real or harsh. Sure. Me mental health is not a contest. Um, <laughs> you know, like, who who can be the most damaged? It's it's not a it's not a contest, and I think we got to keep that in mind. And um, my pain is not your pain, and the things that bother me don't necessarily bother you. And that's generationally, gender, you know, whatever. It doesn't matter what lines you want to cross. Like, everybody's different. So, yeah, you got to be really careful of well, I went through this and it didn't affect me this way, um, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything because you could go through something um, that really impacted me and you could come through it, you know, with flying colors and not have it affect you at all. So we're, we're all just different people and we got to, you know, respect that when we're dealing with mental health. Um, well, you mentioning, like, genders and races, it actually brings us into our topic for next week, which is discrimination, um, which is going to be our next podcast. And it's not just discrimination based on your race or... It, just like based on your race it's based on like who you want to identify yourself as like if you're like based on your gender what like whatever you feel you're discriminated based on so that's next week's topic um sounds fun yeah <laughs> with the same people so enjoy